Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank Church Podcast. At our church, we honor God, make disciples, and transform nations. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org and don't forget to subscribe. I'm sure you asked the question, why the series on fathers? And we've said it over and over again uh, this uh, past couple of weeks that we're not saying mothers are not important. We know how important mothers are in the lives of children. It just so happens that it is the fathers who tend to actually not play their role in the lives of children. So it is uh, known to be the number one problem in the world today, fatherlessness. Let me give you some stats so that you can understand why this is so critical. Broadly speaking, up to 60% of our fathers have abdicated their responsibility towards their children in some form or another. And this does not come with consequences. There's a fruit of this. I'm going to give you some South African states. In case you didn't know, 67% of birth certificate in South Africa, they don't have the name of the father. 67 is a lot. It's a lot. We need to change the circumstances. We talk about child-headed households. A study done in 2006 showed that there's 1.3 million children who live in a child-headed household. Teenage pregnancy, this one really broke my heart. South Africa has one of the highest rates of teenage pregnancy globally, with nearly one in four girls, 25%, falling pregnant before the age of 20 years. One in four girls. It's so interesting that all the problems of society, if you were to trace them, they are connected to the lack of fathers in the lives of the children. Gangs, particularly in the Western Cape, the gangs have created a platform of safety because young men especially are looking for purpose, belonging, and affirmation. And because they are not getting it at home, the gang has become the place where they can find what they couldn't get from their father. 50% of children that enter schooling system do not complete their education. That's a lot. That's a lot. You can see now the problem of crime, corruption, it all stems from this. In 2016, nearly half, 49% of young people aged between 15 and 35 were unemployed. So, with that in mind, I want to read you a scripture. Psalm 68, verse 4 to 6. Sing to the Lord, sing praise to his holy name. Extol him who rides on the clouds. Rejoice before him. His name is the Lord, a father to the fatherless. So no one is without a father. A father to the fatherless. A defender of widows is God in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in families. He leads out the prisoners with singing. But the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. So with this scripture that we've just read, I want to remind all of us that the number one role of earthly fathers is to point us to the heavenly father. The number one role of earthly fathers is to point us to the Heavenly Father. 
Whether we like it or not, the way we look at God the Father most of the times is with the lens of how our earthly fathers were to us. I'm grateful to God that even though I had an estranged relationship with my dad, my earthly father, before he passed away, I had a moment to look at him in the eyes and say, I forgive you. And you know how freeing that was to be able to release him, to forgive him. Because if I keep holding the offense, it's not him who's suffering, it is me who's suffering. So I'm hoping that today you can be able to get your healing as we point you to God the Father. I think a number of us are on a different journey with our fathers. Some of you, you probably had a present father, but he was not there emotionally. Maybe he was present physically, but not emotionally. Some of you, you never really had a father physically there for you. And we'll hear from some of our panelists how they've experienced it. So some of us, you ended up having a father figure, someone, an uncle, who ended up playing that role for you. In the first service, a lady who shared her testimony of how her dad was unfaithful and divorced their mother at two years old. Her connect group leader ended up playing the father figure role in her life. Connect group leaders. And then some of you may say, well, I've had an estranged relationship with my dad, and I don't even know where I am with him today. We're going to trust God for healing for you as well. Amen. Can I call our panelists to come to the front? Uh, Petri Kleinskelt, uh, Hashani, please come, and Genevieve. Let's give them a round of applause as they come to the front. Awesome. And for those who are joining online, feel free to uh, post your questions, your comments on the chat. Um, we may not be able to answer all the questions today, but we will do our best to uh, be as practical as possible. So um, I'm really blessed that today we are having church a different way. And after the first service, someone came to me and they say, we can see, Pastor Sai, what you'll be doing when you retire a talk show host. Let's see if I can live up to that. Good. Okay. As I welcome our panelists, I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves and to tell us a little bit about their families and where they come from. We will not hold it against them, especially those who come from Cape Town and KZN. <laughs> Let's start with you, Hashan. Hi, everybody. Hi. There are so many of you from up here. <laughs> now you know how I feel, yeah. right? Uh, my name is Hashani Mohale. I grew up in Soweto, uh, local boy through and through. Um, uh -huh. uh, married father of three. Um, and if just in case it comes up, one of them is adopted, and we're happy to talk about it. It's it's not taboo. It's, it's uh, he knows. He's always knows. Um, they they are aged nine, eight, nine, and eleven. Yeah, so, it, it, we've, so we've had our rough days, but we're okay now. <laughs> I'm so glad he mentioned adoption because uh, uh, for as long as we've seen them at church, we actually thought that he was their biological son. It's amazing what happens with uh, adoption, yeah. San Bonani. Yeah, Bob. Awe? <laughs> He's representing. Yeah, yeah. Lareko always gets upset when I don't... Uh, embrace my colored side, so. 
I am Genevieve Bengu from the sunny streets of KZN, Peter Maritzburg. I, <laughs> uh, I am a wife to one husband, Dogozo uh, Bengu. <laughs> I have two daughters, um, 11 and 7, um, and I am the eldest daughter of my father. I say that because he does have a son before me, but he did treat me like the son from his marriage. So, lovely to meet you all. Yeah, good morning, everyone. My name is Patrick Lanskeld. I am from Cape Town as Society. But I made a detour to um, Joburg via Amsterdam, where I met my beautiful wife. Yeah. My two daughters were born there. Um, I'm not going to embarrass them by asking to stand up, but uh, teenage daughters, a young man over there. Good luck. It's coming. <laughs> um, yeah, and so we, we came back to Joburg in 2013, and um, yeah, I gave my life to the Lord when I was young, recommitted a few times, but... I think the significant thing is when I was renting a house in Blairgowry, got baptized in my own pool there, and, uh, yeah, and we've you know, shared many good connect groups here and spiritual brothers and sisters in, in, in um, every nation. Great. Awesome. Awesome. So the series we've been doing, Fathers Matter, um, has really touched a lot of us. So I'm going to ask uh, the panelists just to share. What stood out for them? What spoke to them the most uh, from the series? Um, Petri was in Amsterdam experiencing a heat wave this last week when we had snow in South Africa, just showing how different the world has become. And then he was able to catch up on uh, the series. Go ahead, Petri. Yeah, it's quite amazing. I was, I was actually in Norway also with heat wave numbers, and then um, my friends sent me pictures of it snowing in. South Africa is like, what's, what's going on here? This is unreal. And we missed it. <laughs> the once in 12, 10 years. Um, the question is the highlights. What yeah. was, yes. Now, there were a few things. And um, now I think there's one thing that, Pastor Lareka, since you're sitting in front of it, me, you know, the things that blew my mind is that question you asked and maybe the talk you had with Pastor Greg on, are spiritual children, is physical children more important than spiritual children? And I guess the answer is, your, the, the, our role as fathers is to transform your physical children to become spiritual children also. Yeah. Then you have both, right? And, um, but I think what stood out for me, there, there was a few things, and, but I think what stood out for me is actually it's a calling. Yeah. And us obeying to that call as fathers, it's, you know, it's not just procreation, it's not just a biological thing. You get called into this and you have a responsibility and, um, to point to God and... Having teenage daughters, they say that all the time, like, Daddy, just when you get like arrogant and think you're doing a good job, Jesus is the number one, or God is the number one, yeah. you're number two. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. <laughs> Before we go to Genevieve, uh, I want to just underscore something that Petri said from Lareko's sermon. Um, it is so important for us as fathers, now speaking to fathers, to realize that we're not just raising children uh, to be like us, to follow us, but we're raising them to be partners. I think there was something significant about that. We want to, them to get to a place where, you know, they can be able to uh, argue with us, to challenge our thinking. So 
I love that, that the role of the father is not just you'll follow me all the days of your life, but the role of the father is to bring them up to become partners. And it gets challenging when it gets to that point. I've got three teenagers. Jane, tell us highlights for you. I think for me it's a summary and it's a theme throughout. Um, with our Heavenly Father, it's about relationship. And for me, when I'm in a bad place, then I don't want to talk to God. Then I want to sulk in the corner. But he actually wants me to engage him on the good and the bad days. And then I can find all the things that he says in his word, his characteristics, that he calls me his daughter, that I am loved, that I, I am the daughter of a father that owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Those who are trusting for Lobola, come talk to me afterwards. <laughs> yeah, right. The gold and silver is his. But when I'm not in a relationship with, that, with him, then I forget those things. And that he is a good father and he withholds no good gift from me. So when I'm sulking and not having that relationship with him, I lose my identity. That's so good. Yeah, uh, the biggest takeaway for me was that um, dad jokes are actually good for development. <laughs> so I think I must step it up a notch there and just. Sorry, um, dad lost. <laughs> no, I think the, the, the reality of the South African situation is probably what, what uh, stood out for me. Um, and then linking it to a, a, a godly calling that says, hey, you can be a different type of father. You can be a father to anyone. Yes. Uh, I think the, um, the example um, with uh, Onesimus, yes. you know, um, he was an adult when Paul took him in. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Right? So you can be, an, literally, you can be a father to anyone. And I think over the last, well, during the series, I'm like starting to... Uh, identify opportunities even in the workplace yeah. that you can be that you know uh, uh, a father to, to pretty much anyone um, so yeah and, and, and the, the, the link between discipleship and fatherhood that we're raising uh, people to partner with us in, in a mission to serve God uh, and they can surpass me and uh, you know minister to me one day or disciple me uh, so yeah but they're Thank not you there for yet. That. <laughs> not yet, yeah. Thank you, Khashani, for that. Um, I want to also just say, you know, when Pastor David Webb spoke about the fact that we created in the image of God as fathers, you know, it's, it's well, men and women, we are created in the image of God, but we must never forget that actually we are emulating who Father God is to our children. So... I, 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 I share this with you because I struggle to relate to God the Father the way I'm meant to relate with Him because of my estranged relationship with my biological father, my earthly father. But it was at the time when I realized that God the Father, the Heavenly Father is different to my earthly father, that my relationship with God the Father was different. So this now takes us to uh, um, the next question. I'm going to ask the panelists here to describe your relationship with your biological father and maybe other uh, men who played that role of a father figure in your life. Let's start with you, Jen. <laughs> well, I would love to say that I'm my father's princess, 
Uh, I'm one of three girls, but I was his right-hand girl. He thought I was going to be a little boy. So, I was the one, he owned taxis and he was a teacher who would be woken up at 9 o'clock. 12 o'clock at night, nine years old, to helping fix a taxi that needed to work the next day. I was the one who said, come, let's go build cupboards in the holidays, right? <laughs> but I had an amazing relationship with my dad. Um, he was a teacher of the word, he still is a teacher of the word, prophet, and he's a natural teacher. So I just said to a friend this week, just, she was looking for a business contact in KZN. I said, okay, I'm giving you this number. But the person's not going to know who I am. But tell them, Genevieve, Mr. Crompton's daughter, has sent you. <laughs> Let's talk about identity in that, right? And that's how I was raised. And I've, in the last five years, have been more privileged and honored to, to be raised that way because my mom passed five years ago and my dad went into a tailspin. And then all of a sudden, all the things that he was... He hasn't really been like before. And then I had to actually realize that, wow, I actually have, I still do have a great dad. Because what I experienced in five years has been most people's upbringing. And I was like, <laughs> no, I, I can call him out. As old as I am, I still call, as young as I was. But not many people had that. So I'm grateful for the dad I have. Thank you for sharing that. Hasrani, let's go to you. Yeah, so um, my dad was, uh, my parents remained married throughout my life until my dad passed about five years ago. Um, so we had a good example of the, the 2.4 nucleus family. And in fact, at, at, at his funeral, um, one of the speakers, I think uh, his cousin, uh, honored him in that way, that uh, in his generation, he's the only one he knows who didn't have children outside marriage and all of that. And passed it on to the next generation. So I've got two siblings, two sisters. All three of us married with children, nucleus family, you know. Um, so in a way, my, my folks um, helped well, they broke that uh, broken family uh, curse, if you like, and I hope to pass it on to, to, to other generations. So my personal relationship with him was um, probably a little bit distant, um, but I think in, in, in today's language you'd say maybe absent present, but I think it's a little bit unfair to compare to you know, that generation. I think he was amazing for an 80s dad. He was always there. Uh, but I saw that turn as I became an adult, that we started to engage a little bit deeper and, and, and better. Um, in the latter years, I was pretty much the only person he could listen to. Wow. Uh, but uh, yeah, we grew closer together um, as, as he got older, or yeah. as I got older, I don't know. I don't know which one. <laughs> I like that. When sons become partners, you know, uh, I, I never forget when Lindy's dad started coming to me for financial advice. I'm like, wow, okay, things have changed. <laughs> this is the guy I used to be so afraid of, and now he's coming to me for financial advice. I think there is a ministry moment there with what Hashani just shared. 
Um, a number of us, maybe we do come from those broken families. And I want to believe God that it can stop with me. Yeah. It can stop with you. So that the next generation, they don't have to experience what we have experienced. So hearing what Hashan is sharing about his dad, uh, you notice that he's not talking about perfection. But he did his best to say, it's going to stop here. So that the next generation, they don't have to suffer what they have suffered. So uh, I just want to challenge all of us to say, we can change things for future generations. Great. Let's go to you, Patrick. Yeah, I'm still privileged to have my dad around. He's turning 75 this year. Wow. And, um, but it changes. I, 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 so I want to pause when, when, I was, when I was a child. A generation of children should be seen, not heard. Yeah. That kind of yeah. thing. I, I hear some yes there in the village. Yeah, that's a generation. But he was my hero. He could do nothing wrong. Then teenage years, like, okay, he's got some faults. Yeah. And um, realizing that, and then adult, like, Loving him despite that and, and appreciating them. And now, kind of sandwich generation, he's going into the stage where I need to care for him a bit more and concern for his health and, and so on and caring for children. So you have that, you know, you're kind of reaching to the past and you're reaching to the future as well at the same time. That has implications and um, you're almost, in a way, becoming a parent to your parents, which, you know, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, when, you know, we, we my dad is still in Cape Town. We don't see each other often. But when we do, we really enjoy each other's company. Now, we've gone past that. He allows me to speak now and so on. <laughs> <laughs> and, and amazing things happen around the dinner table. And you talk a lot and you, you, know, you have a good times together. So we make an effort to at least see each other once a year, if not more. And, and, and not just like short time. We actually you know, we stay over and, and enjoy each other's company. That's great. I just want to do a follow-up um to what um, Petri just shared now is how has your relationship with your biological father influenced your relationship with the Heavenly Father? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, so my, my bio biological father, he's a, you know, as I said, he's, he's a good father. You know, I, you know, he's, he's given me love in his way. He's given me love and he's, he's helped me on the way. So with my, with my heavenly father, the relationship there wasn't hampered as a, as a result. You know? um, I don't see God as a, a smiter. You know? I think Navilia used that word as well today. Um, I, I see him as a loving God, but someone who, who, um, who has our best interest in mind, and sometimes correction is necessary, and that's not always nice. So that's, that's how, you know, basically, the, the relationship with my dad, he didn't hamper me, but he helped me understand um, God's perspective a little bit better. That's good. Thank you for that. I want to go to the next question for our panelists here. Um, so in the light of what we've been talking about and what we've been sharing about our biological fathers, you know, what are some of the things that you think are critical for fathers uh, in today's age? Um, particularly because we're living in the world of social media, all the influences that's out there that we know of what should the role of the father be uh, in this day and age? Let's start with you, uh, Genevieve. I'm going first again. <laughs> Ladies first. <laughs> I thought we said there's no male nor female. Person. <laughs> I think, you know, maybe it's my experience of males, right? 
But sometimes when you'll go through challenges, you'll withdraw. You'll go into yourselves. Um, I think one of the things a dad needs to be is be present in the difficult. Yes. It's easy to be present when it's good. Yeah. It's really hard to be present when it's difficult. And sometimes, because kids are smart, eh? They pick up, they tell you to your face. Just to say to them, like, you don't need to give them the details, but you can say, mom, daddy's not okay. But you're there, and you're talking, and you're showing up. And even if things are tough, you know, you're not just going to be an Instagram dad. We're not just taking the pictures, then you're not there, you know, for the, the boring stuff, the homework stuff, you know, so that they know that they can, over time, just your presence, as we've heard from the gents on the stage, over time, they can come to you, even if it's not easy for you at the beginning, but knowing that you're a consistent, involved, present dad makes the difference. Thank you. Yeah, can I echo that from a father's perspective as well? Like I resonate with that 100%, uh, but maybe it, it might mean something else from someone uh, to someone hearing it from a man as well, saying, yeah, you need to be uh, vulnerable, yes. you know, open, honest, and you still need to be the rock at the same time. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, how, how do you play that and how do we get that right? And, um, you know, for, for our own health, it's important, but you, you want to remain strong for your family. So I, I was unemployed for about a year through COVID. Um, we had to make some hard decisions and I was in a rough space, you know, but um, I had to be that solid, uh, stable rock for the family. And they knew that they were fine. Right? But at the same time, I could come home and say, you know what, I need a hug today. Can you just, you know? Uh, and they would ask me from time to time, Papa, are you okay? And uh, we could talk like that. So I think, um, yeah, maybe, you know, the, the one thing I want to pass on, like my parents helped to break the, the broken family curse is the nature of a father-child relationship, right? Um, I think it, it might come a little bit easier for a lot of us here that, you know, we're getting the support and the education and the examples here, but it's, it's not common out there in our society. Right? So I want to do it in an exemplary way. Um, my children can play jokes on me, they can say whatever they want. Um, just before they went on holiday now. Sorry, they're not here, by the way. Um, uh, my son, who's nine, said something to me. He said, uh, Papa, what were you thinking? You know, I, 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 I don't know what I was doing, but, you know, um, I couldn't say that to my father. Right? You don't go there. And, and, and there were times when I needed to particularly in the latter years. I, I needed to say, like, for some pre pretty serious things, but the, the relationship wasn't like that, yeah. you know? Uh, so I think, yeah, that's the one thing I want to take forward now. But, uh, well we well said, Khashani. Um, before I ask Petri to respond to the same question, I, I, I think it's important for us to underscore the uh, being in touch with your emotion as a man, as a father, because I, society tells us that 
men must not cry, you know. Sad to say, to this day, it's still happening. But I know times when I've had to say to my kids, I'm sorry how much it meant for them. You know, just me being vulnerable, being in touch with where I am and say, I'm sorry I was harsh at you. I mean, one of the stories, uh, Lindy will remember, uh, our youngest was probably four or five at the time, and I was very harsh on her in the way that I responded to her. Whatever stresses I was carrying that day, she went to Lindy and she said, Mom, I think Dad needs a nap. I never forget that. So when I'm stressed, I need a nap. But what, bringing it to where we are today, in my Connect group, we were reflecting on this, and Mike Hinton asked the guys in the group, can any of you remember a time when your dad said, I'm sorry? Can any of you remember? You know, there was no one in the entire Connect group who could remember their father saying, I'm sorry, because of this generational thing we're talking about. You know, like, uh, we're doing it by the book now. We're raising the kids by the book. We get taught here at church how to be those fathers, those mothers. So let's not take that for granted, being in touch with our emotions, even when we are not well as fathers, to be able to say, I'm sorry, I failed. I should have done this better. Patrick. That was... <laughs> yeah, I, I want to elaborate on the be present. You know, there are practical things we can do. Be at the dinner table if yes. that's your thing you do in the evenings. Amazing things happen there. Be next to the hockey field or next to the, the prize ceremony or, yes. or the choir practice. Now, cheer them on. They want to be cheered on. Teenagers will tell you it's embarrassing having you there. Don't worry about that. Be there. <laughs> It's only later that they appreciate it. Later. In the first service, there was a father who said, I appreciate that my dad was there on the soccer field. Take them away on holidays or weekends. Now, I was with my children now and just seeing how they grow up and amazing they are. It's amazing to see. Um, I had a few things, actually, that I thought about. And, but I want to kind of say this one because this is really important. Is what you do in the background is also important, and that's yeah. pray. Now, pray. Now, I've prayed for my children for... Having good friends, that good friends will be with them. And also being good friends for, her, for their friends. And, and you know, just to reflect, um, this year my daughter reflected, or just this morning she reflected that she had a friend in Canada that came to visit, she had a friend in Holland that she visited, and there's a friend in New Zealand that, on top of the friends here, but it's relationships she made when she was five years old that's still, still there. Power of prayer. Um, Pray for future spouses yes, and things. Yes. No, that, is, that is also important. So that's maybe not seen, but no, I just wanted to say it now, that that, no, that has an impact. And the moment you put your, take your foot off the petrol, that's when bad things happen. Um, sure, uh, you mentioned social media. Yeah. Know and understand what that's about. And, and be the... You're not going to be popular for this, but no, be there and, and set the boundaries and understand. And if you don't understand, now I've gone to Pastor Stewart and just ask, this TikTok thing, how does it work? You know, what's the... Well done. <laughs> he went to the youth pastor to ask for help. Yeah, went to the cool guy. <laughs> how does it work? We're there to protect our children you know, from, from, from themselves and from, from other people that doesn't have their own... Um, best interest in, in mind. Um, sure, I'd, I actually had a, a number of things, but let me, let me maybe pause it. Well, pause it there. Can I add, uh, maybe just on the social media thing, not, not just social, but 
they have so many influences from all over, right? And I, I think probably the, the best thing you can do to counter that is just be there, right? And, and present or available means two-way. Like my relationship with my father was all one way Well, in, when I was a child. Yeah. It was almost like he was teaching and instructing and correcting the whole time, right? But uh, now I think they need to be able to come to you. Yes. Whether it's with their issues or just to play a joke or to speak into your life or tell you something about you and, 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 and that sort of thing. So I think, uh, yeah, the, the time with them has got to be very open and, and, and two-way. Yeah. There's something important about presence. So even if we dwell a little bit here, because life is so busy, uh, before we know it, we actually think that we knew what was happening in the lives of our children, but we don't. Yeah, and then one other thing is lead by example. Yeah. Children copy what you do. Your children copy what you do. If, if they tell you something in a certain voice and you recognize that, that's because they're copying what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> that voice that you don't like, that's how you probably talk to them. Um, but, you know, as a father, you know, just being there and, and doing the things that stereotypically could be considered it's a mom's job. It's okay to vacuum. It's okay to wash the dishes. It's okay to... Hallelujah. Cook the meal every now and again. But it's also it's important to, to do it joyfully. Am I doing culturally incorrect yeah. things here? I, I think I heard a comment, if they can cook. <laughs> yeah. But... And children see that and they, they'll, they'll replicate that later in life. And I, and I, but also, there are some stereotypical things, you know. You're the guy that has to, you know, when you dish out chores. Yes. Time and time again, the nasty ones come my way. It's the, the bins and the spider and the mice and the, those kind of things. Cleaning the garage. Cleaning the garage, dog poo, those kind of things. And do it with, you know, that serving your family. So I just wanted to raise that one as well, yeah. Sorry, Pastor Sai, I can't miss this one. <laughs> The fathers are speaking yeah. now. Go yeah. ahead, Kaishan. So about the cooking and the dishes and whatever, I want to up you on that. Uh, uh, uh. The first titty that my two daughters sucked on was this one. Oh. No milk, though. Okay. Yeah, the, the. Okay. Okay, there's a different way to do it. There's a different way to do it. Uh, your, your wife can express, there's something called it. Yeah, uh, my, my issue was, I'm a light sleeper and my wife sleeps. Even when the children are making noise, she can sleep. So when they would wake up in the middle of the night, I'm the one who would wake up and I would go fetch them to bring them to where the milk is. My job was to bring them to where the milk was, you know. <laughs> it's called teamwork. <laughs> As we begin to wrap up, I want to involve you now. Before I ask the panelists the next question, uh, it's a tricky question, and uh, maybe you have theological views on this question. I want to ask you, you're going to vote now. And online, please vote. The question is, should parents just be parents, or parents should also be friends? Should parents just be parents, or should parents also be friends? So, people who vote that parents should just be parents and not be friends. Raise your hands. After the discussion, we'll take another vote. Let's see. 
Okay, okay, I see those hands, I see those hands. All right, you can bring your hands down. The second question, another no, second part, you, you're voting. Parents should also be friends. Just ra raise your hand. Whoa, things have changed. Thank you, thank you. If my mom was here, <laughs> she will not be voting for the second one. Online, we are looking forward to what you're saying about that. Now, as I said in the first service, I'm going to say here, this is the one you can agree to disagree. So you can agree. Who wants, who wants to go first? What's your view on this? I'm giving you the option. Who wants to go first? Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> my wife is asking what is my view. Now I want to hear the panelists first. So uh, what's wrong views? I'll go first. <clears throat> so my parents got married really young and within a year they had me. And I'm, I'm, my answer is going to be a bit of a story. Um, when I was older, they would ask me, who did I love the most? And then I would say, I love you both the same. So they took the lead to make that them, me be their therapist when they had issues, right? So I became the friend. Um, then we had a lot, Lamaki, my baby sister, Joy. Shout out, Joy. What up? Um, then I became the parent because, you know, and then, because now we're driving taxis, hey, 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 we're doing the things, we're running a business. We, so I seen both. And then my dad was very, he didn't have a father. So shout out to him because he didn't have a dad to model. Um, he didn't know who his dad was, but he did the best. And sometimes because of that, you don't know when to push and when to pull. The downside for me, and I didn't really see it because of all my life. Okay, then this one would call me, then tell me the story, then the other one's calling me, then, hey, I'm in the story, I'm giving the answers, I'm giving the questions, hey. <laughs> Fortunately, I was allowed to have an opinion. We are allowed to bring it back to the Word of God. But when my mom passed, and in the times of trauma, things that we do in excess becomes the default. He went to go buy bricks to build a house, and I prepared the funeral. I fought with my mother's siblings. I told them they must listen to my sisters. Hey, hey. And then two days later, he's like, where did the scarves come from? Where did this come from? How, where did the flowers come from? I said, me, we did this. You gave the card, I did the business. So I believe, because we had a great relationship, he would give me Coke, I would drink it fast, it would come out my nose before my mother got there, you know? <laughs> Those type of things. Steal the sandwich, then you'd act like he was this... Hey, I never did anything, right? But it needs to be this gentle boundary between where we are because at that moment, five years ago, he needed to be the dad. That's good. Thank you for that. Fashani. Yeah, maybe a bit of a trick question. Yeah. Uh, I heed the warning about the teenagers, but where I am, it's still a little bit simpler now. Um, I, I'm not their buddy. I don't want to be a buddy buddy, right? Um, but uh, I, need, I need to be a friend in a way. Uh, they need to be able to be themselves and be free and, you know, particularly at home, like that's their sanctuary. Um, um, but I need to be able to 
draw that line with one sentence. But, uh, now you're talking, now you're talking, now you're talking. Good. Finish. Thank you. Petri. Yeah, good luck with that when you have teenagers. <laughs> Enjoy it while it lasts, that's what he's saying. Um, yeah, uh, Pastor Sai, you're really stirring with this one. Um, and, yeah, sure. Ish. Ish, 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 ish. I feel like Pastor Sai is building his own opinion through yeah. this. No, of course. I wanted to hear you out first yeah. so I can know how to vote. Yeah, so if I have to refer back to, I think it was Pastor Solo, I said that far, we kind of replicate and, and kind of the image of our father, the Abba father. And in that, I kind of heard the word chief or leader, yes. right? And that's the principle we have to do. We have to be the chief or leader yes. for our families. It's not buddy. It is... Um, no, you have to, I don't know if I'm so good at saying this is the final line, you know, because that's then the challenge. Yeah. But um, yeah, there, there is sometimes you have to speak into people's lives and you have to speak into your children's lives and you have to say, well, you at this stage, you have, you're not fully developed. Let me help you and, and get you from here to where you need to be because you might think this is the right thing to do, but I see the bigger picture with experience and this is not always popular, but that is where you as a father need to step in and, and do the right thing, you know, what is good for you. As our Heavenly Father does the same thing um, for us. And, and sometimes, but that doesn't mean you can't have fun. That doesn't mean you can't have good time. That doesn't mean you can't have a, a, a wholesome and a enjoyable time together, have good holidays, have good conversations, have them joke with you, make dad jokes if you need to, you know, maybe make jokes of, um, but, but, but certainly, friend for me is, is maybe a step too far. No, I would rather say, no, be a no, connected uh, father. Yeah. That's good, that's good, that's good. I don't know if you're observing the generational differences. Uh, so, some generations, even with the people that raised their hands, I could see there's a generational difference. <laughs> um, so, based on what's been shared here, and uh, I want to just bring it to um, even where Scripture challenges us. So, uh, my view is a, a, a parent can be a friend, but age-appropriate. Because when the kids are younger, like Hashan was saying, they, you know, it, it's a different story. Uh, when the kids are teenagers, it's a, also a different story. So, I find that the reason why children hide from their parents so much is because we are losing the battle when it comes to being close to them, not parenting from there, but coming to where they are. Now, to give you a bit of scripture, three times in the Bible, God calls Abraham, my friend. Jesus in John 15 says, you are my friends when you do this. But I like what he says, he says, you are my friends when I do what I command you. When you do what I command you, you are my friend. So you can be the dad that draws the line and still be a friend. But there's also another caveat. Nowhere in Scripture did they say, God, you are the friend. It is God the Father who looks down and says, you are my friend. So as parents, we can parent with that sense of reverence at the same time come down just like God came down to earth, to us, to be the Father that is present 
he left his heavenly home to be a father to us. But I also must tell you the story uh, because we cannot leave it here just with the tension of uh, where do we go. So some parents tend to be very authoritarian. Some tend to be very buddy-buddy. I like the fact that you brought up the word buddy. We're not saying that when you start uh, working and journeying with your children as a friend, you are buddy-buddy. Because first world countries, they've learned the hard way. Last year, Thanksgiving in America, a child, basically angry with his parents, took the whole table of food and turned it over because the parents took the Xbox. When I saw that YouTube clip, I said to my kids, not in the township. <laughs> that will never happen. That will never happen. My mom would have taken her shoe. In fact, have you had the story? You know, if you are in a shopping mall with your mother when you were still little, and a Michael somewhere there is misbehaving, the mother takes off the shoe before you do anything, says, Unga lingi. Don't even think about it. You know, your mother will take the shoe. I'm just saying, I'm okay with being friends, but there's a certain level of reverence and honor we must not lose as parents. So with that in mind, can we give our panelists a big round of applause? Awesome. Please stay here. You can stay here. You can stay here. Um, something Pastor Shola said uh, last week, I want to just reiterate as we come to a time of prayer. It is easy to hop into the bed with someone and make a child. But to be a great father, it takes obedience. It takes obedience. It takes courage. It takes bravery. It takes self-sacrifice and wisdom. So I, I, I'm praying. My prayer is that through this uh, a series that we have been able to get to that point to realize uh, the sacredness of the role of being a father, the, 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 the call to be a father. It's not a light thing. If there's anything we can take from today is that thing about presence, just being present for our children. They know that when I'm in trouble, there's someone I can call. I'm not going to run away thinking that my dad won't answer my call or I'm going to be in trouble, but to be able to say I can call my father. Why is it that children always have to go to the mother and not to the father? Let's stand to pray. So as we wrap up this series, uh, we want to do two things today differently than the way we close the service. So on this side of the auditorium, we're going to have connect group leaders, uh, men who lead connect groups, and then also mixed connect group leaders. If your group is mixed, uh, we want if you are a man and you're not in a connect group, come speak to us. We want to get you connected, be in a connect group, because iron sharpens iron. We can sharpen one another. We can uh, encourage one another. So here, you can also speak to our panelists. If there was something that maybe you identified with, you want to ask them a few questions, you can speak to them. From the middle here, we're going to have the ministry team praying for you. Maybe you still on the journey of forgiving your father or you as a father, you need forgiveness, uh, we will pray with you. We'll stand with you. The ministry team will be here to pray. Let's just bow our heads. Father, I pray that God, we will be like Abraham who followed the call of God, responded to the call of God. May we not be like Lot, Father God, who just went with whatever new business that was taking place at the time. 
But God, I pray that God, we will be the kind of fathers that will say, the buck stops with me. It stops here. This generational curse of broken families, broken marriages, it stops with me. I pray, Father, that God, all those who have heard these words today, there will be a commitment to lead differently, Lord God. To be the present fathers, present mothers, Lord God. And I also want to pray for courage for those who are still wrestling with forgiving their earthly fathers. I pray that you give them the strength and the courage to forgive, Lord God. Even as some of them may be starting the journey now, that you be with them on the journey. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Another round of applause for our panelists and Pastor Lereko will lead us in benediction.